This is our first time. <laughs> this is our first time. Welcome to Touch Podcast, conversations of spirit and body. This is Ryan. And this is Nate. I almost feel like we should start again. And instead of saying, yeah, this is about Ryan and Nate, we should say this is about sex and church. Why didn't I think of that? Okay. That's a better start. Let's start again. Let's say, let's say well, I mean, faith, this, this, we're, we're faith in the middle and, of it. let's say faith and sex. Faith and sex. Yeah, that sounds yeah. better. That yeah. sounds better. Totally. And like, I'm like, uh, right now, this pivot right here, um, I'm guessing this is on the show because this is really our flow. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is yeah. how it happens. Yeah, what, this what, is not a podcast about how we figured everything out. Yeah. This is a podcast about a journey of all these crazy things that have happened and people we've got to meet and talk to. That's really what the show's about. And all you have to do is say, tell me about your faith and what did you, what's, what's the, what's going on with sex right now? And then yeah. it just like the thing blows up and it blows up. That's right. Yeah. And, and actually to, to kind of, to kind of give a picture to that. We're at Wild Goose and oh, yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Knapp is, is one of the performers at the festival. Mm -hmm. And uh, former uh, Christian pop star, really popular, 90s, early 2000s. And then she sort of disappears for a while. She comes back. And she has a book. And and so you, Nate gets in line at the book signing and then pulls her aside and sort of... That's right. I should be telling the story because you weren't, you weren't there. Yeah, um, I was across camp. But, oh yeah, it... And the two, she's going to confront you. In the conversation we're going to listen to, in a little while, she confronts you on this, oh, this issue. She does. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at this moment, what I'm thinking here is, oh, my goodness, here's Jennifer Knapp. I've heard about her. I kind of heard about what happened, but, you know, I've never really read too much into it or heard it from, you know, the person's mouth. So I tell her that, um, that I used to be a Southern Baptist minister. Uh, and now I'm involved with um, editing and producing docu-series, and now I'm working on a documentary, you know, trying to, to see, to confront, to reconcile church and sexuality, because it affected me, and not just me, but many folks uh, in the mid-90s, of which uh, my best buddy Ryan was a part, and that's why I was there. And I, and I told her that I remember listening to her music, and that she was involved with this era, and I'm just curious to hear what happened. And... And then she just opened like a floodgate, just boom. <laughs> it's raining outside. And so you can hear that in the background, but we're delighted to be with Dove Award winner and two-time Grammy nominee, Jennifer Knapp. What's this question that you want to ask me? Well, I'm curious, like, I'm curious, like, why, like, so yeah, I remember us meeting at Wild yeah. Goose and we were talking about this stuff. But what makes you come up to a table and ask an artist like me and somebody that you've never met? And so the, like you were talking about a narrative that you once understood. And now there's like an intersection of that narrative again in a different time in a different place. Yeah. And there's something about it that you relate to. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't know what that is. And it's wildly different than mine, but we relate to that on some level. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, what that is. Like, why do you even came up to the table and thought that I could engage in this conversation with you? Yeah, I can answer that question. Okay. So for me, it was because I felt like it had something to do with sex. That's why. Okay. And yeah, I probably, you know what? I stopped. I stopped doing. The, I I stopped. Um, 
I stopped being a Christian product consumer. Um, <laughs> right. No, because it's a thing. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I quit. I, I, I quit being a consumer, a Christian consumer, like around 2007, 2007 or something. Okay. That's when my mar- mar- my marriage started to really weather away. Um, so around there, this fall from grace, I just kind of like, all right, I'm just not going to do the Christian. I'm just not going to consume right. more Christian product. Um, Ever since then, and a depression happened before then, so I kind of detached myself since then. Um, and yeah, that's probably why I wasn't up to speed on when you came back and such. No, right. Well, because yeah. why would you pay attention to that narrative? Because it was, a lot of mine was caught yeah. up in Christian consumerism Yeah. for, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, if you're kind of off of the narrative, if you're off of the, off of the Christian narrative or what, if it's a church that you've grown up or and you somehow don't fit that, yeah, the first thing you do is get rid of it. I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I I couldn't hang out with CCM anymore when I started, you know, when I started to have problems with what everyone says you have to do, and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I can do that anymore. Right. I'm not sure I can like. Sp- tell everybody they're supposed to be virgins i'm not sure i can tell everybody they have to be straight and then in my own narrative like oh wow once i started paying attention to myself you're right sex is part of it ryan and i um not only were we best buddies like back in in those college years but in in reuniting um we discover that ryan is married with with two adorable kids and he has this amazing career involved with a lot of folks in the church network. So Nate and I are in college. Nate, I go to seminary. Nate goes away to film school. And so he gets into the LA crowd. He gets married. Um, he's making movies. He's got his own shows. He's editing for um, some big name shows in LA. And then, but he is no longer married. <laughs> and no kids. Um, no kids. Um, a lot thinner and sexier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey man different different strokes for different folks man oh but i should say that you've been on a pretty specific journey yes that after after your marriage ended you went on a, a journey of faith and sexual exploration and so we're sort of in this re being reunited you've had a couple years to have some really interesting experiences and yes. I've been the religious guy having kind of a normal religious life. No, I've, I've had some. Oh, contrary. I've prayed with Buddhists in the, yeah. While this has been happening in Nate land, in Ryan land, where, where he has been professionally working in between churches, in churches, kind of involved, you know, peripherally involved, like all these dynamics, right? As he's doing that, there is this desire in him. He's like in discovery right now. And as he's doing this with me, um, I'm finding out that he's a really damn good producer. <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> Maybe I should say well, thank darn, you. Maybe I should say darn good producer. So when I when I reconnected with Ryan, uh, Ryan is fascinated with my story. He's thinking, "Oh, Nate, your story should be a movie." Blah 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 blah. And he's helping me out in that regard as a friend. And then he reaches deep into his network, and, he, and, and just with a Davy search, he finds the most profound and contrarian thinking um, uh, forces in the church that are addressing sexuality. And I had no idea these people exist. And it turns out my buddy Ryan is like one of, he's, he's on the renegade peripheral of the renegade Christians, right? 
folks who are taking a step beyond culture, and that's that's changing the way folks are going to see, um, yeah, the church community. So, so I'm riveted by the story he's giving me, and he's riveted by the stories I'm giving him. Yeah, in my community, it's called being a heretic. Oh. <laughs> I say that with a sparkle in my eye, by the way. So we, we in this first first half of the season, we've, we've already had several really interesting conversations. Yes, and several interesting experiences. Oh, um, yes. One of which I'll start is um, introducing to one of our future guests, whose name is Christina Kincaid. Um, and that was my step, that was my way of introducing him uh, to some of the things I've experienced in Tantra. Um, and then uh, Ryan took me to a certain camp or, or a festival. Go ahead, you can tell that one. I want to hear your take on this. Yeah, so the past couple of years, Cindy and I and the kids have been going to this Wild Goose Festival, a sort of hippie Christian, um, progressive Christian community. And yeah, and so, yeah, we're like, Nate, you need, you now, now you need to come hang out with these guys and the so, heretics. The heretics. And Nate's like, wow, you, you had a really good time. Like, like you I just was. like, you just like went from wow to wow. I think I experienced you as being like, I didn't know there were people who like were this free and loving and energetic about Christianity and not sort of conservative and fundamentalist. Exactly. Exactly. I, I looked at one of the brochures and one of it said the Tantra of Christ. And I just flipped my lid. <laughs> what in the world is this? And another, another blurb on that, on that brochure or, or, you know, I had a list of all the speakers and stuff. And the heading of that one is the Christian of tomorrow will be a mystic. And my head's like, what is going on? I, I thought I had to learn this in life, and you guys are already addressing this in church? When, when did this happen? Um, so that was my shot. So we're going to jump in, and this is where um, Jennifer starts talking about this meeting she has uh, with, with the Southern Baptists uh. about being the, the uh, poster child for True Love Waits. We were involved with True Love Waits and uh, in the early, early days when it was, you know, being piloted around churches. And we know a lot of other evangelical Christians around the United States did some version of this hyper-conservative, purity culture, uh, virgin cult kind of religion in high school. And so that's what sort of this, we sort of spin out on on that we start talking about that yeah yeah and just one last thing to add i want to talk about the poetry of this moment because here's me you know in my transition of life finding ryan again and jennifer knapp and we've all kind of like you know in the mid 90s you know i remember listening to jennifer knapp's music with ryan and now here we are with her in person it almost sounds like you're talking also about not just the art you were making, but how others were using your art. Oh my God, yeah. Like, you know, like the first record I ever wrote was just this healing, transformative thing. I didn't know what Christianity was. I just 
but I was curious, I was moved by it in some way, and I was, I still remember sitting in my room by myself, just with my guitar in my hands, and just, maybe their prayers, maybe their meditations, hopes, dreams, whatever, and I'm just, I'm plucking it out on guitar and just writing these things that you don't ever anticipate anyone's going to hear, and then all of a sudden that turns into a record and everybody hears it, and so I look back at that and the, the authenticity would have never thought about being used and then all of a sudden it resonates with a lot of people and good art it's I mean I don't want to qualify my own art that way but maybe effective art yeah like the mystery of music or the mystery of the things that we create there's this beauty in the way that they resonate and somebody else picks it up and says oh wow I relate to that and they listen to it and they sing it and it becomes a song of their own heart and it's it actually transcends you or whatever you intended which is the beauty of it but then all of a sudden it gets into the mach- this machine it you know because it was these were songs about my faith because these are in a zone of things where people have like orthodoxy and theology and morals and ethics and what you know what would Jesus do was so hip in the 1990s you know this idea that I was making the song as an anthem for what Jesus would do all of a sudden became this weird kind of manipulation of what was a really innocent um, like experience through creation, experience through prayer and art and music that had has an audience because people gravitate. It's like the, the wellspring. But then now because so many people gather, we want to market it. We want to sell it. We see it as effective. Oh, like Jennifer's this redeemed woman now we can go oh well she knows how to relate to what it's like to be sexual and pure so now we'll create this narrative and try and since the whole tidal wave is moving here and it, it it's just a really strange experience to have to go through and people do rewrite that they think oh because you're here and you're talking about jesus then you're into this it seemed like like when people started to ask me to talk about um encouraging young girls or young teenage girls to be sexually pure. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Why did you think that I was on that same page? You haven't heard the narrative yet and you haven't asked me what I really think about it. And if I do tell you what I think about it, you wouldn't ask me. And then if I told you what I think about it, then you probably wouldn't even give me a voice to do my art and journey this out. And it's all kind of tangled up in all of these other things that come with religion and culture and art and expression and it's, I don't know, it's super crazy. That's good. That's good. So tell us about, you're coming to what is probably the end of your popular Christian artist career. And... <laughs> I like you if, put it at the end of it. <laughs> well, and, but, well this, yeah, sorry. Don't no, let me fine. assume. <laughs> but you, it, it, you get approached by a particular purity movement who wants you to give a kind of direct you in a speci- to give a specific voice. So you were you were alluding to that. Would you say more about that? Yeah. Well, yeah, as like so as as an artist who's having success, like commercial success within that genre of Christian music industry, I'm now among the names that you call because I'm succeeding and people buying my records and people go, "Oh, I know Jen Knapp." And so that weird thing in Christendom makes you a poster child in some ways for being you know, I was a woman, I was a Christian, I was popular, so therefore I must be a good good Christian woman. <laughs> I guess somewhere in that narrative. And I, you know, I was, gosh, I was 
I think I was 26, maybe about that time. I I'd been involved in the Christian music industry, so sex is a part of it. Like, and I wasn't married, so I was celibate for years. But no one had bothered to ask me if that was like why I was celibate. You know, I was celibate so I could keep a job. I was I didn't make celibacy a choice for my religion. I necessarily I mean there were issues that were personally driving what I did with my body but the assumption right by the time that somebody gets the poster child of it and that I'm supposed to talk in this avenue as a public figure everyone assumed that it would be a, of course you want young girls 16 year old girls to be virgins of course you want them to know nothing about penises and vaginas of course you want them in daddy-daughter dances but and so one time I get called in this meeting when the the true love waits rally and uh, and the youth kind of conventions are really they're really big deals. I mean, ten thousand plus kids are showing up to conference evangelical conferences, and all of a sudden being a Christian kid is cool. And so now they've got them; they're there and they're in, interactive, and they want to give them content that's meaningful. And so the true love waits thing's coming up. I was moderately aware of it enough that I'm like, yeah, I developed some kind of opinion, but I get called into a meeting and somebody wanna, wants to, at, they're asking me if I'll, you know, write some music that's catering to the True Love Waits movement that's encouraging teenagers to be sexually pure. I mean, these are very clear concepts that they're asking of me. We want this to be seen in your music. It's, it's propaganda a little bit at that point, um, I, but I don't think anyone thought that. You know, I, I just think we want music that represents that. And you're a creative, you're on board with this, why won't you do that? And I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm going, man, it's a weird experience because it's a sign of your success that you're having that meeting. It's a sign that I'm, you know, as an artist, egotistically, you go, I'm making a cultural impact. I mean, people like the music. I haven't, I haven't had to shape anything to be here. I've just told my story. And now I'm being asked to use that to for an ulterior motive. Like we're now pre-thinking what we want you to experience and feel and think when you get the end of it. Um, so that on its own was weird as an artist to be asked that. Um, the second was to have had experience with sex and understand how I felt as a human being who came into the church who wasn't a virgin and that's all everybody ever wanted to talk about. I was like, this is, this is a little bit weird. And so I had to look at that and say, I have an opportunity, this is bank. This is money in the bank. I'm, it's a sign that I'm succeeding within the industry, that people are asking me and not somebody else. I'm going to get a contract. I'm going to get publishing money. This thing is gonna go gangbusters. This could be six figures and up. This could be my a significant investment in my retirement fund. And. It's, I'm sweat. I'm sitting there going, I remember sitting there in that room going, you're an idiot. You're such an idiot. I can't say yes. And I'm, everybody's looking at me like, it's like, it almost like this is the meeting that you take because you're going to do it. And I think my record company people were there. Or I had, you know, management people there. The, the people who are pitching this idea were there with me. And I'm going, oh my God, I, I can't do this. I, I, I wanted to look around for an escape hatch and I can't and I I didn't even have the words to describe all the things that I'm even saying now like it was just 
this feeling in the pit of my stomach and just knowing what it felt like to be a young woman who had been shamed about their body and about what they'd done with it. And, and yet the irony of me finding dignity and self-worth in my faith, and I wasn't willing to go back there and to confuse the two of them. And I just like, I think maybe on the day I, I knew I was, it was just a hard, cold no, but I'm trying to kind of tap dance my way out of this situation because people are going to know why I'm, they're going to ask me, well, why won't you do it? Because the money's good and you believe in the cause, right? And I'm like, I just said, oh, let me think about it. And I think I tiptoed out of the room, but it was never a question in my mind that I was going to say no. And when I started to express no, I was just like, I'm not going to do it. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure absolutely that I probably said, I'm intimidated creatively about working for a deadline and that it won't be good enough music created for a task. I've never done that before, which is true. But, you know, I had other conversations with the people who knew around that going, and even probably with my record company going, I don't know how we can do this. Why are we not talking about how queer this is? what kind of propaganda this is and are we sure this is the move that we want to make do we want to package virginity and sell it to kids we're going to stop right there and we're going to hear more from jennifer knapp in episode two in the meantime you can hear more about her story from her 2015 ted talk and from her book facing the music if you want to learn more about upcoming projects, including shows, those can be found at jennifernapp.com. Lorried because I wasn't that anymore. But you don't get to write the song about the shame you feel in the bedroom and trying to figure that out. Like, the consumerism won't take that. If you want to connect with us on social media, we got Twitter, we have Instagram. In fact, I've never been good at any of those, and I'm actually using them for the first time with this. So this will be really fun. You can find us on the web at touchpodcast.com, where you can also watch some extra videos that that I have done, and some extra extra photos and audio content that Ryan's done, and just a lot of written content from the both of us. Mm. I'm sort of asking you a question with no shirt on. <laughs> okay, I am good. I am recording. Okay.